All right, everybody. Let me make sure I don't run into somebody head on while I'm fucking with my camera. <laughs> that would be fucked up. I don't see if this thing's working or not. Yeah, all right, there it is. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I thought I would do a slight book review because I was uh, answering some questions on Facebook or uh, not really answering questions or nothing. Just people were commenting on bugging out and going to the woods and all that silly fucking tired and lame ass logic that I see all the time because I'm one of them people that believe in not so much bugging out, but falling back. When when shit hits the fan, I'm I'm gonna not be in the middle of a bar fight. Basically, that's how I look at it. And a lot of people think, well, you can't go out in the woods. All the crazies will be in the woods. Well, all the crazies are in the cities right now, and for the most part, they'll stay there. A lot of strangers will go out in the woods and. I guess your chances of running into strangers that are batshit crazy are really no fucking different than running into strangers in the city that are batshit crazy. So I, I, don't, I don't see a big fucking deal with that at all. I mean, you know, it's, it's a chance. You take a chance. You know, and I have talked to law enforcement and friends of mine that are sheriff's deputies and cops and retired FBI and DEA and you know, cut a lot of crazy fucking friends, military and stuff. And they they tell me, you know, they kind of agree with me. It's like, don't stick around in the city when things are going, going sideways because they're going to be trying to maintain law and order. And if you defend yourself, you know, even if you're at your home and you see a bunch of people coming to your property and screwing around with shit, and you shoot them, you know they're bad guys, and odds are they know they're bad guys, but, you know, if one or two of them survive and they go, you know, tell the police or whoever that they were just trying to borrow some food and you just, you know, premeditatedly shot them for no apparent reason, uh, you're going to spend some time in jail while they sort through this, the bullshit and, you know, they might not even be able to find a judge to let you out in your own recognizance. And they're not going to have time to fuck with that because the world is collapsing. So that's my take on it. So I just was commenting on that. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, building a community somewhere else and their, their readouts and their, their retreats and all this happy shit and I don't really want to go create a new community. I have the one I live in. The roads are already paved. There's fucking parks and swimming pools. It's like, yeah, it's this town of maybe five, 6,000 people. It's, you know, it's not huge. It's not small. You know, so I, I, I like it. I like it there. I have my home there. I have friends there and family and people. So I don't really want to go start over. And I think that's just a, a fool's errand. 
you know, think you're going to go build a new community. Fuck that. So I, I look at it more as falling back, you know, like a retreat, you know, and uh, fall back position, you regroup, watch what's going on, protect yourself, you know. And then when the fires go out and the madness subsides, which it always does, then go back and rebuild. If they burnt my house down, well, they would have done it if I was in it, too. So, what the fuck? So that's that's kind of my thought on it. And I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, all these books I read, and, and the ones that I'm, I'm listening to on Audible right now are uh, Shelby Gallagher's books, um, The Great State series, and I'm on the last one. And uh, I think they're great. Shelby Gallagher has a really insightful way of looking at some of the problems that are causing you know what we're seeing right now in Portland and all this with the corruption in in government you know the the mayors and the cities and and, and how they're run and all that happy shit ah maybe i should leave that there fucking bad idea to move that so She's kind of got her finger on the pulse of that. And, and actually, this book came out on Audible, even, before the Portland fiasco and all that. Chaz, Chop, whatever the fuck they call that, failed experiment and stupidity. So, um, and she talks about the same things happening. And I say, like, holy crap, she's a prophet. And her husband... Um, Glenn Tate, who wrote the 299-day series, which I listened to all 13 or 14 of those books, which were totally awesome. Um, you know, they, they both have a way of looking at a possible future that's right around the corner in America. And, uh, and so... I, I think the book and, and, and how, uh, like, the great state starts out, you know, the the gal, the hero, heroine or of, of the story, um, you know, just sees things going on with the single moms being, like, herded up, like, basically like cattle the way I see it. And, and uh, you know, the federal government becoming their sugar daddy. So when things go south and, you know, they have a... They have a paid army of protesters, rioters, and looters because they're all single parents, single moms, you know, second, third generation welfare people that, you know, they're going to do what the government says because the government, you know, writes their check. It's their employer, basically. So I think she's right, you know, and, and stuff. Now, the, the one thing that, and it's not just her, it's uh, Glenn Tate, you know, I love books like, you know, One Second After and then the other two books that followed, you know, by William Forston uh, were really great. All the all the end of the world books I read, I, you know, I, I quit after about the second or third book in the series because then they start rebuilding society. And it's like, oh, fucking gag. You know, first of all, society is not going to rebuild for quite a while. Societal things will start happening. We will start banding together and rebuilding our communities and all that shit. But 
this normalcy bias in, in the patriot community that, you know, once this revolution is over, well, fuck, we won. And it's just like the last one I, I was talking about. It really wasn't a podcast, just on the three percenters and the Oath Keepers. And, you know, they're close, but it's, it's not going to happen that way either. Um, they all have this, uh, this myopic view that, you know, once we kill the enemy and we, you know, stand, um, everything will go back to normal. Well, I don't think anyone that's a, an author in the last 20 years has really considered what going back to normal really means. And that's why I have a problem with Oath Keepers and even the three percenters. I love them all to death. And, and I think any cause that's trying to help America is a good cause. But I think you need a, a bigger long-term goal, or big picture, than just like, well, when we kick their ass and it's over, we all go back home and eat breakfast, have some coffee. It's not going to work that way. Never has and it never will. You know, we went to war with England. And we kicked their ass, and we won. And then, and then we had statesmen and, and founders that wrote a document that was historically perfect. I mean, because it was based on 700 years of English constitutions. Because, yes, England had constitutions. They had the Magna Carta and all these things. And it was always the people trying to control the kings and and. and you know, for the kings to actually do something good for the people and support the fucking people. And then the kings would get all full of themselves, just like politicians nowadays, and then they'd have a revolution and they'd write a new constitution. So the founding fathers uh, knew history, you know, because to them it wasn't as old, you know, a history as it is for us. You know, that's, you know, get a 200 more years added to that. But to them, some of that those constitutions were quite fresh. And, and, and so they saw the, the blind spot in those, in, in the problem areas, and then they, they fixed it. So I would say it was as uh, clean a version as you could get of self-governance and representative republic. Okay, so then there we were. So now since then, we've just fucked it all up. And we, meaning you and I, have fucked it all up. You know, you, you talk to people about Social Security and, and you know, you can kind of get them to see that it actually is a tax and that's, it's, it's basically like extortion, you know, for my, wel- my, my welfare, my well-being and, and, you know, in the future. So you take all my fucking money, which is theft. And, and, and some people will go, okay, well, yeah, that's a tax, but, you know, my grandmother would have been fucked without Social Security because my grandfather, you know, he was just like, whoo, fly by the seat of his pants and didn't have a retirement program. It's like, well, okay, sucks to be your grandmother. Well, people can't get their head around that. They're like, no, 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 no. (laughs) That's my grandma. She baked a really good pie. So you you can see a fallacy in, in how things started getting fucked up, these safety nets. And you go, well, why, why didn't your grandfather, you know, plan for his future? Well, you know, he was a different generation. You know, he, he maybe owned a home, built a home, and paid for it and all that. And, 
And that would have been grandma's. And they had a little bit of a nest egg. And she could have continued to garden and, and feed herself and, you know, babysit or whatever the fuck to make a little money or sell her preserves and would have been fine. And in a perfect world, she would have been fine. But then property taxes come along because that, that's another safety net. You know, God forbid we don't fund our fucked up cities and our counties. You know, so property taxes. You know, you watch Lonesome Dove and, the, you know, the, the, what's his name, uh, you know, leaves the ranch and the Mexicans ringing the bell and he's like, I'll be back. And so uh, goes off and creates a ranch in Montana or Wyoming, wherever the fuck. And he's got 20 years or something like that. Comes back and there's the Mexicans still ringing the bell. It's like, hey, you're back. You know, what are we going to do today? You know, he'd taken care of the ranch and had respect for the man that owned it and his and that's where he lived, and he took care of it, continued to ranch it. And Well, you can't do that you know, nowadays, and neither could your grandfather, because property taxes, see? And if they'd had property taxes during Lonesome Dove, he'd have came back 20 years later, and that fucking condos would have been on his ranch. There would have been no guy ringing the dinner bell. He'd be like, fuck, what happened? Oh, you didn't pay your property taxes, Mr. Whatever. Dumb son of a bitch. We fucking auctioned that off. The highest bidder. And some guy bought it and turned it into condos. Oh. Well, fuck. I thought I owned that land. No, 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 no. You don't own shit in this country. All right? You pay your taxes or we'll take it. And, you know, fuck off. And, oh, by the way, you owe us 20 years back taxes because you were out ranching. You didn't keep in touch with us. So, see, grandfather had a plan wasn't that he was stupid it just doesn't work and maybe grandfather or great-grandfather were the ones that allowed all these social nets to be fucking woven all around us and fucked us all up you know welfare like shelby gallagher talks about in her books you know in these entitled or dependent single mothers section 8 housing all this shit it's not designed to help people it's designed to fuck you out of what you own. And you don't own it anymore. You know, it's like, you know, some counties might sit there and go, well, we'll lower your property taxes when you get, you know, 65. Oh, that's mighty fucking sweet of you, you douchebag. So my property, you know, I'm 66. I talked to the county and they're like, no, we don't have any programs for that, but we, we charge you very little property tax. I mean, your house is valued at three, four $400,000 in your, your land. And we're, assessed value is only 100000 Fuck, do you want us to value it and tax you at, you know, 300000 Well, no. Actually, I don't want you to fucking do anything, but leave me alone. You know, so you don't own it. And, and then I went to court the other day because I added on to my house without getting a permit. Like, you know, I fucking shot the mayor's dog or something. And, uh, you know, I, I said, well, this is private property. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's a resident, and that, and therefore it falls under residential housing, and we have the right to control it. So it's like my home is part of the city's assets, you know, and their inventory of homes, which it's not. But I'd have to go to court and get a judge to agree with it. Now, speaking of the mayor, you know, he's a good guy in, in, in the city council, and they're trying to help me get through this without, you know, being fined or getting fucked over, you know, whatever 
you know, their plan is. But like I told them, I said, I'm going to fight this. I'll fight it all the way to the fucking Supreme Court if I have to. Because, you know, it's bullshit. It's private fucking property. My state constitution says it's private fucking property. You have no control over it and you can't tell me what color to paint my house. That's in Arizona. See, we have Private Property Rights Protection Act written into, you know, by the Goldwater Institute and ratified 2006. So they're wrong and I'll win. But, you know, I, I think some of the people on the council go, we don't want to go down this road because if he wins, we look stupid and all the things we've been doing, you know, fucking people over for the last 60 years. You know, they might start going, hey, wait a minute. If he didn't, what, what the fuck are you hassling me? So... I think they're going to sweep it under the rug, which is fine. I just want to finish my shit and, and go on with my life. So you see that, you know, America, as we see it, and Oath Keepers, you know, they took their oath to defend the Constitution. Well, what Constitution? The one written in crayon, you know, in, in Washington? You're going to defend that? Because, you know, see, that Constitution says that, you know, we're not, you know, supposed to, you know, be fucking us people over, but they are in the Patriot Act and all this stuff. And so you'd sit there and go, well, if you're going to really defend the Constitution, then you have to defend the 17th Amendment, which says that we elect senators for seven years and they have all this authority or six years. And, and we've lost our representation with our Congress. So that, that's all Constitution. So if you're upholding that, then, of course, you're going to agree with stare decisis and case law and all this shit that's fucked us. Since, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years ago. Well, that, that, see, I don't want somebody that's going to uphold that. I want somebody that's willing to stand up and go, no, I support the Constitution as written in the originalist. And that we should really take a look at these other amendments that are doing more harm than good. If you support the Constitution, then you should be willing to question it. And maybe to repeal some of these amendments. But no. See, they're, they're blind. It's blind faith. It, it, it's not questioning. Like science would tell you to question everything. Well, they're, they're not going to do that. So, it, we're, we're, we're kind of fucked. So, how do, you, how, do you, how do you say, how do you take an oath to support the Constitution? And then if you're a three percenter, you know, and you're sitting there going, well, you know, back in the day, three percent fought the revolution against the king. See, this mess was created by we the people over the last 120, 30 years. I mean, it's, it kind of goes back to when they ratified it. It was getting all fucked up. And that's why Benjamin Franklin said, we gave you a republic. Pray you keep it. Well, we didn't. You know, so they were already fucking it up. So... These books, and, and don't get me wrong, because, don't get me wrong, Shelby Gallagher and, and, and you know, um, all the other authors, Glenn Tate, William Forston, no, there's just so many audible books, you know, and they, they all end up, you know, unless it's a zombie book where everybody gets fucking chewed up and eaten, um, you know, there's some happy pie in the sky fucking ending. You know, now one second after had a bad ending, the first book, but then it had to continue on to where they rebuild. And I'm not saying there won't be a rebuild or a, an America 2.0. I'm just saying it will never be even 
10% as good as the original Constitution. The, the, you know, all the patriots will drag their preconceived notions of upholding the Constitution and, you know, standing armies and rule of law and militarized police departments that it's going to be drug into the new recipe and, and contaminate it. You know, nobody has the balls to sit there and go, well, if we're going to, if we're going to rebuild it, then we need to, we really need to just strip it back down and re-ratify the original constitution change a few things like the founding fathers did with the older constitutions that they were using as a boilerplate and go, okay, we're going to deal with things that have already been dealt with, slavery, taxation, these things, and we're going we're gonna to re-ratify it in its basics as it was and then uh, go from there. We're not going to try to protect everybody and, and, and put them in fucking FEMA camps and feed them. We're going to let them just continue to struggle. And if there's gang problems, then we're not going to sit there and round them all up and put them in FEMA camps so they don't get looted by the gangs. We're going to treat the gangs like we did the, the fucking American Indians. And I'm sorry, and I'm not against the American Indians. I think what we did to them was fucked up. But the cavalry would show up and help because the Indians were trying to slaughter a, a settlement. And, and so somebody would come in and go, hey, back the fuck up. You know, so do that with the gangs. But that's not going to happen. I've never listened to an audiobook yet out of the 200 end of the world audiobook books that I've listened to, to where somebody has actually written a book that says, it all falls apart. It's burnt to the fucking ground. And then new founding fathers rewrite the Constitution using the old one as a, as a template with all the same safeguards for a republic, but with new amendments that just flat out do not allow a federal government to get as strong as it is. Safeguards and checks and balances that not only require people to not be dumb motherfuckers like we've become, mandatory you cannot run for senate or you know you have representatives and the electoral college and that is it you don't pick your fucking president never happened until a hundred years ago never nobody cared about popular vote you you picked your representative the guy you went to school with the gal you knew from fucking home ec class or whatever and they became your representative from your small little district of 20, 30,000 people. And that was it. You didn't have gerrymandering. You make all that illegal. And you give the federal government no power whatsoever. Like it was in the beginning. And the, and the checks and balances have to be reinforced and codified with new strength. Not going to happen. We need to make it just to where... You can't have this kind of corruption in a federal government. Not going to happen. You know, I was talking to somebody about, you know, the robber barons and like, you know, the Vanderbilts and all them that had more ships than the U.S. Navy because they were a shipping company. They built wealth. And, and everyone's like, yeah, but then they corrupted Washington. It's like, how do you corrupt Washington a hundred years ago when you couldn't buy a senator 
because their senators were appointed on a on a month to month basis by the the representatives, and the representative was a rep like your district, five thousand people. Yeah, you might have ten thousand representatives in Congress. So the fuck what? We'll build many Washingtons all across the nation. There's very little that goes on in at the Capitol. Zip, actually. So. How do, you, how do you buy, like, let's say I'm like a gazillionaire a hundred years ago. I'm, I'm fucking rock, Rothschild. So what, I'm, I'm going to go to every fucking little podump district in America and go, here's, here's $10,000, I want to buy your vote to build a, a fucking railroad. It's not going to happen because, like, Bob on, in the next district over doesn't want that fucking railroad. You can't buy him. And even if you do, he's only in office for two years. And the next guy's like, get that shit out of here. It was, you couldn't, you couldn't create a cohesive form of corruption because it was spread so fucking thin that the people that had power had so very little power that you couldn't buy them. Well, now we have senators. They're in there for six fucking years. They have all the power. They have the ear of the president. Like, nobody gives a fuck about the president anyway, because back then he was the, the fucking gardener. His power was outside the country. He was a spokesman for America, but he wasn't, like, the, the fucking king. And senators didn't exist. So who did you buy? Well, now you buy a senator. You lobby everything that goes on in Washington, because all them bucks stay in Washington all the time. Well, you, you know, if you create a whorehouse then people are going to go hang out there. And that's what Washington is, it's a giant whorehouse. Need them all at home, all the time. And maybe once a year, they show up in Washington and they go, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Nah, no, no, no. The state's got it handled. My state's doing fine. We allowed the railroad to come through our state. California can do whatever they want, but we've, we've got it, you know, 300 miles closer to the, to, to the fucking ocean, you know. Some state's going to sit there and go, yeah, we could do that. It's federal government, the fucking interstate system, and all that shit. When you really look at it, it was all designed not to fucking get you from point A to point B. The interstate system was to move troops from one end of the country to the other, oh, in the name of security, because it always is, you know. And, and, and so it was for troop movement in, in the big picture. That's how they sold it to, you know, our great-grandparents and grandparents and even our parents. Yeah. Oh, no. They didn't give a fuck if you went to Disneyland every year. So it was a it was con job. It was always for a different motive. And you and I have never been the motive of what they're doing in Washington since the 17th Amendment. Because after that, your representative became useless. A fucking voice screaming in the wind a cricket fart in a fucking hurricane. And it was designed to do that. To take away power and your representative rep republic. And that one amendment destroyed representative republic. We became a democracy at that point. So, you know, you're going to do away with that? You know, is there an author that will write a book 
that just has a hero that literally just fucking shoots a bunch of corrupt assholes, not because they're in his house trying to rape his fucking wife, but just gets a bunch of people together and says, let's go kill all these asshats in Washington and start the fuck over like we did with England. No, not going to happen. Never will happen. You get lightning caught in a bottle once in a million bazillion years. Rome collapsed and it was thousands of years before there was ever a running toilet since Rome. You know? And Rome, believe it or not, was a republic at one time. Not a democracy, not an imperial bunch of shit. And then Caesar went and fucking crossed the Rubicon and whatever the fuck happened and everything turned to shit. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I hate to be a little whiny bitch, but... You know, if somebody could write a really good book about something happening that, you know, brings us to our knees, like what's going to happen in America in the next coming six, seven months after the election and stuff. I mean, you know, the government's really good at putting a lid on shit. So this is not going to be allowed to boil over. Even if they elect Trump and everybody gets all mad and starts rioting, if they don't elect Trump, the patriots will just go, oh, well, you know, maybe in four years. We're not going to go fucking burn shit down because that's just not what patriots do. But patriots should because the real patriots just said, give me liberty or give me death. And they meant it. You know, they fucking meant it. Give me liberty or give me death. So it's not going to happen in America. It's just not. And, and so I would like to see a book. But back to my book review, because it kind of is. It, it, the, the people, the characters in, in The Rescue by Shelby Gallagher, the last, I think it might be the last book in the thing. You know, there's a lot going on and you see this new states forming, like New Oregon, New Washington and all that stuff. And, and they're the patriot states, the great states. And, and, and that's why the series is called The Great State. You know, because, you know, they're trying to do all this stuff. But they're, they're, they're still working with, you know, Limas, which are the crazy little fuckers like the, 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 the guys, you know, when we fought in the Revolutionary War with England, you know, the loyalists that were loyal to England. I guess the Limas are the, the asshats, the lamos, you know, that want things, you know, to continue to be fucked up and corrupt. And you can just see that the, the government is not going to become great. You know, it, it's, there, there's going to be a bunch of loosely knit kind of things that'll kind of work and, and stuff. And, you know, and maybe, you know, Shelby Gallagher and, and Glenn Tate write some awesome shit. And maybe, you know, Sister Mary, they put their heads together and combine 299 day series with the Great State series and, and there's, there's already characters and, and situations and locations that were from the 299-day series, which I think is awesome because it starts weaving a tapestry together. And I'd, I'd like to see somebody go and, and, and think outside the box and go, you're, you're not going to rebuild America by wishing in one hand and shitting in the other and, and, and hoping that the wish hand gets full faster. It's not going to happen that way. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to see somebody take a thread and run with it to where Washington is annihilated. They're all arrested. Even if we don't go to tar and feather them and shoot them, they're all just arrested 
through a, a patriotic type of martial law to where they lose all their power because it's granted from the people. And, and then they, they go into the Library of Congress and they just burn it to the fucking ground and take the Constitution, dust it off, change a few of the amendments and start rebuilding again using that as a framework. And when people go, what are we supposed to do in our state? Go, get your head out of your ass and fucking start running it like they did, uh, you know, the colonies. And, and, and quit coming to the federal government because it doesn't exist anymore. You know, and, and pull it together to where there would actually be some way of going back in time to 1776 when good statesmen wrote a, a framework of government that was the greatest ever conceived in history. And, and so um, I'm going to wrap it up because I'm almost at work and I got to buy some breakfast. Um, to say that if you have time and, and you like reading or you audible, audible books, uh, The Great State by Shelby Gallagher, and don't forget the 299-day series. And if you if you listen to my podcast and stuff, you probably are a patriot and you're in a prepper and you've listened to that anyway. But they're both really good series. If you're on Audible Book and, and you you do you get them all, you, you got hours, days, and days of listening and stuff. But the Great State series, starting point where I'd like to see them take the story now onward, onward and upward, and and, and show me an America that could exist if we had true patriots thinking patriots and 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 not a, a standing army bullshit type of government just where it falls apart so completely that we have to rebuild and and somebody picks up the constitution and goes look at this and I, I i'm not talking about your fucking free pocket constitution either i'm talking about the original make some tweaks to it and somebody's smart enough to go, what we've learned in the last 240 years or whatever it's been, these things we, we need to correct. And then it started going that way. That would be great. Because then it would lead to another, like a foundation trilogy by Isaac Asimov, to where now we can go through the maybe the two, three hundred years of chaos that would ensue during a complete collapse and a rebuild into like a new millennium of true American, true republic forms of government that spreads throughout the world instead of through this imperialistic fucking democracy building bullshit. But like people just learn like the the, gov the country of Georgia and, and the president of Georgia, I can't pronounce his name because it's fucking Russian, um, you know, where he says, well, I, I studied in America because I've read all the founding documents. We modeled our government after the founding fathers. So through example and, and leadership and helping, not fucking economic jackals running around taking over governments, that we rebuild America to something that reforms the world. That's, that's like long term. And I, and I think there's authors out there, if they put their heads together, that could, you know, or one of them, like I said, Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tay. You know, there was Isaac Asimov that wrote the Foundation Trilogy and, 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 and all these books. One guy had a vision that wrote books that are still Hugo Award winners, you know, in science fiction. So um, that's my take. Shelby Gallagher, once again, awesome book. I've, I've, 
I've told you that before, you know, and, and, and uh, we kind of podcast together a little bit, and we know uh, John Jeffers at uh, Country Radio Network, and that's how I kind of know her. I, I, I'm, I'm name-dropping. I don't really know her at all, but she's, she's great. Glenn Tate, love your books. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see some more greatness come from you, too. And, and I want to see not so much a happy ending, but a real ending. an ending that brings back a republic and gives me hope that my great-great-grandchildren will live in a free republic, not a chaotic bunch of shit. You guys all have a great day. Love you all. Enjoy the apocalypse. Bye-bye. We've made too many compromises already. Too many retreats. They invade our space and we fall back. I'm your huckleberry. The line must be drawn here. This far, no farther. That's just my game.